3: Amy Chan is the founder of Renew Breakup Bootcamp, a retreat that takes a scientific and spiritual approach to the healing heart. She is also the editor-in-chief of Heart Hacker's Club. Amy has also been referred to, you know I love this one, as a relationship expert whose work is like that of a scientific Carrie Bradshaw. She's been featured on Good Morning America, Vogue, Glamour, Nightline, and the front page of the New York Times. Her book, Breakup Bootcamp, The Science of Rewiring Your Heart, was published by HarperCollins. And an instant Amazon bestseller. She's also just one of my favorite people and has joined us on the podcast many times before. Amy, hi. Thank you for being here. Hi. Thanks for having me.
4: Welcome.
3: Our topic this month, I told you, was shedding. And so we got a listener email that I thought, huh, is this an interesting question to ask a relationship expert about platonic male-female relationships once you get involved into a romantic relationship like is that something that we should be shedding chip do you want to go ahead and read the email for us
4: sure um it it reads i dated a man for a while and he continually mentioned his female best friend straight out of the gate he said that he took that they took a trip together for his 30th birthday years back obviously a very long time female friend the top line issue he never introduced us there were three instances where he chose her over me and quote unquote forgot about me. In one of the situations, someone even assumed she was his girlfriend, which made me wonder. Early on in our relationship, he spent the night at her house when she was wait, he spent the night at her house when she was not there because he rents his house as an Airbnb and it overlapped. I was not ready for him to stay with me overnight. He reassured me that she wasn't there when he spent the night. He told me that part of the reason he moved to Nashville was because of her. They were the same age. She is highly successful. At one point, I kind of felt like we could be friends and get along as we seemed interested in similar things. Uh, Did she even know he was dating someone while she was hanging out with him? That's hard for me to comprehend because if she did, I personally wouldn't be spending that kind of time with someone out of pure respect. I have also never been a jealous person and took the upside of things, but this one has me a bit rocked a month after we stopped talking. I found out he, he took her along on one of his work trips, took excursions with her in advance, basically doing things with her that I wanted to do things. I suggested that we do. He did this with a friend. My question is, do you think it's appropriate to heavily maintain slash spend time with male slash female friends or friends of the opposite sex when you're dating Um, dating to build a relationship.
3: Mm. Mm. Well, Amy, I will just go ahead and defer right to you.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, It's a sticky one.
3: Okay. So I'm going to start with a general
5: response and then I'm going to zoom into her specific situation. Generally speaking... It is totally okay to have friends of the opposite sex. And in fact, it is healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, having friends of the opposite sex can give you perspective. Um, and it, it's not like, ooh, you know, once you pass your teens, if you're like friends with someone of the opposite sex, then it has to be sexual. It's not. Um, and I'll, I'll go back into the zoomed out version after I talked about this situation, okay, in this specific situation, we have what on on our hands? Something called a third, and in any relationship, a third can be a controlling mother in law. It could be mm-hmm. this best friend that kind of crosses limits. A third is something or someone that threatens the bond and partnership between the two people who are in the relationship and there typically is a period of time where there's a transition so when two people get together maybe they do have that best friend that used to do everything together and then there's like a gradual kind of shifting and limits are put not that you abandon the friendship but that friendship looks a little bit different and you want to, as, as a partner, make sure that your partner knows that they are the priority, that mm. the relationship is the priority. And if they're uncomfortable, then you have conversations about that and things are renegotiated. You can't live your bachelor life like you did, or your bachelorette life like you did when you are creating a partnership with someone. Um, So in this case, it seems like the third was this best friend and maybe the intention was innocent, but the reality is it was impacting the person who was in the relationship, the girlfriend, and impacting them in a negative way. And it seemed like this boyfriend didn't really care. And he's like, well, I used to do it like this. I used to have these trips. I used to do sleepovers. I'm going to just keep doing the thing that I want to do. And unfortunately, that shows that this person isn't that we oriented and is Mm -hmm. really like, well, what feels good for me? What's comfortable for me? And you, you, if you want a partnership, you need to build that muscle and that skill to think for we, to think as a team. And this relationship, whether it was this best friend being an issue or it's later on down the road, maybe they have a family, there's going to be another thing where it shows he's going to choose being selfish and what he wants to do and she's just shit out of luck
3: Oops. yeah <laughs> you <laughs> can cuss fine. on this one it's, it's right. the edge <laughs> <laughs> i
5: she
3: love her already it. i know
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> i love that you're doing the version of it where it's just about more about being selfish versus the laser focus of this specific relationship because it, it just looks to me the same, like it's not thinking as the team. And so my other question would be, at what point, because she did mention this was like beginning stages, you know, this was seems like maybe they didn't date that long. I'm not even sure if they're still together. But at what point should we start kind of analyzing our life and looking at our relationships outside of our romantic relationship that we just began? Like, does that, did that did I word that in a way that makes sense? Yeah. So, like, is there a, a time
5: point in the yeah. relationship where it's like, okay, like, let's kind of do an inventory of all the threats of the relationship? Right? Well, I of- mean,
3: because at uh, the beginning, you don't know if you're going to stay with someone, right? Like, if you just go on a couple dates with someone, it's not like you should uproot your entire life or the way you do things yet. For sure. Yeah. yeah.
5: I think there's a point in time where it's no longer just dating and it's two people who've made a conscious decision of we're going to choose to level up and deepen the investment in this commitment. Mm -hmm. And we are walking on a path of building a partnership. When you make that decision, Then things do start to change. You have to start thinking about, okay, my apartment, we want to live together. Are they just going to move into my, you know, single bachelor place with all my stuff here? Or are we going to think we, like, there's all these decisions that you have to start to make that are different from when you were just purely a single person.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It feels like she was maybe picking up on the instinct that he wasn't operating as a partnership at all. Yeah that, and it also doesn't it?
4: it also doesn't it's not that clear how long the relationship was she just said right. i dated for a while so i wonder if she the writer was further along mentally than he was in the relationship mm. and he you know like i mean it seems like there was a decent amount of time but like this could have been two months you know yeah, yeah um and I can also understand from the 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 person who wrote this her perspective of like not wanting to seem like a bitch to the best friend because then she's gonna be in his ear about like why are you dating this girl she doesn't seem like anyone that you should be with like she doesn't seem to trust our relationship so it's a really touchy sort of um thing to walk it seems
5: like mm-hmm yeah, that's a really good point, Chip. And ultimately, it in this case, it is up to the boyfriend to create those limits and boundaries. It's not hers. When there's a third, right, like and now zooming out, if you have a mother that's constantly controlling, like looking into your life and they're coming into your relationship, it's not the wife's responsibility to then have a conversation with her mother-in-law. She talks to her husband The husband's like, okay, I'm going to take care of this. Mm. And the husband goes and does his thing Mm. to make sure that he's protecting the relationship bubble.
0: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
1: Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. Listen to Season 2 of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. Woo! Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: So ultimately, men and women, it's totally fine to be friends. And they can be. Like yeah, It's not look, like you're attracted to every man or woman in this world. And let's be realistic here.
5: You can be friends with someone of the opposite sex, and maybe they do think you're really pretty. Mm-hmm. There's going to be people who are going to be attracted to you. There's going to be people that you're going to look and you oh, you're attractive. But it's ultimately up to you as a person in a relationship that is committed, that if you've chosen loyalty and monogamy, that you stay in integrity with that. And you can't control all of the factors that are going to be happening in the world. And if this person looks at you this way and like someone complica- compliments you, you can't control all of that. Right. Right. And and so like, I, like for me personally, I have a lot of friends, male, female. And I'm sure, yeah, some of them probably think I'm hot. Maybe yeah. if like, I was single, they would date me. That's not my it's not my problem. Like right. I know my boundaries. I know where I'm going. I don't want to date them. Like I'm committed to my partnership. So it's not about like, ooh, let's pluck out anyone who thinks Amy's pretty. What the hell? What's well, yeah, so that's not unrealistic? Fair to you. Yeah.
4: I also like in my relationship with my boyfriend, uh, we you know, it's like if we see someone we think is hot, like we started very early allowing the other person to say it you know what i mean because it's like there's no reason why we should why that should in in my opinion there's no reason why my opinion of what someone looks like should change it doesn't mean i want to sleep with them but i can note if a hot person walks by just like i can note that a beautiful woman walks by Mm -hmm. and i don't want to sleep with her you know like so i you know i think it's it is really about like setting the boundaries early on because you know if it's not if it's an unspoken thing and you don't know and then suddenly you start doing something out of the blue that makes somebody really uncomfortable it might kind of be too late <laughs> like you mm-hmm. might like have lost that battle um mm-hmm. and could you know cause a much worse fight i would think you know um so i think it's like for boundaries like this they they need to be discussed pretty early on and this seemed like you know it was an obvious thing right out of the get go you know like so right. maybe maybe the writer um, I don't know what her name is, but maybe she just took too long to like address it, and it became something that like was so much bigger than it needed to be.
5: Mm. Yeah, and I think it is important that there is when, especially in the beginning stages of building, there has to be a, a sense of safety. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so like. Some people might have an issue with the best friend, some people might not. Mm-hmm. Um I know again personally my when I just started dating my partner, my um my boyfriend went on a meditation retreat with his best friend who's a girl. And I was like, amazing. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, to have a fun time. Like, I just didn't like, it, if I was, re- if there was something about the relationship or us that I was a little bit insecure about, maybe I wouldn't have been so open-minded about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think like, yeah, it is sometimes it's not rational, right? Like you might be like, what? I've known this person. They're like a sibling to me. And your your new partner feels a little bit weird. And again, if you want to invest in the relationship, then you want to then, focus, like, okay, what can I do to create a sense of safety that is reasonable? And when a foundation is built and you feel connected and two
3: people feel safe, a lot of these things are just symptomatic of something else. It's so true. I would, I totally agree. The guy that I'm dating currently, his best friend is a girl. And I've never, and of all people, Chip, I think you would be like, oof, because I have typically in the past had a hard time just because of being cheated on in the past and things like that this relationship has never once bothered me, Mm. but it's because of the way he's handled it. And like, I've met her. I know the reader, uh, the writer mentioned that she never was introduced. And sometimes it just takes that one simple thing and it removes all the questions. You feel totally comfortable because you feel included and then there's no guessing. So let's talk about the boundaries. I know we've mentioned that word a couple of times. What are some good boundaries that people can set if they do find themselves in a situation like this where their partner is best friends or friends with someone from the opposite sex.
5: So are you asking in the case of like this boyfriend, what he could have done?
3: Well, maybe let's do both. What could the girlfriend make? Like, what are some requests that maybe she can make to to ask for safety? You know, like she obviously didn't feel safe. So was there something she could have asked from him? And then let's talk about maybe... From the boyfriend's perspective, what are some boundaries that, if you are the one in the situation where you have the friend of the opposite sex, that maybe you could be aware of or kind of keep on your radar, et cetera?
5: Yeah. Okay. So, if I was a girl, this is what I would have said to my boyfriend I'd be like, hey, I know you have this really incredible friendship, and I really, you know, want to respect that. And I really want to like continue building our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would love to meet her. That would make me feel really comfortable. And I know that you, you know, have a history of like doing these things together and I'm not going to like encroach on your time. Um, this is what would make me feel really comfortable meeting yeah. her um, maybe once in a while coming along to a thing. Um, you know, you then you kind of state your preferences. You're not making a demand. You're not being like, Well, I need to go to that thing then. Because when you make a demand, um, what happens is automatically people have two reactions. They are either going to rebel against you and be like, fuck you. Or they're going to comply and then they're going to resent you. So they have to ultimately choose. You can only state a preference.
3: Um, That's what I would say. I would let them know how to make it comfortable for me. Okay. And then if you're the boyfriend and your partner expresses to you, certain things that you would, you know, the safety pieces or whatever, then what do you need to be alert or aware of within your relationship with the friend?
5: Yeah. So I think at that point you have to, if you're in this situation, if you're the guy, you have to like look at what is my partner asking okay and is it reasonable? Like if you were in their position, like... Like, are they totally being crazy? Cause I think sometimes we get defensive for like, oh, you're being crazy or being sensitive. But like, really, are they? Right. Am I doing everything that I possibly can to create a safe container for my partner? And like be really honest with you yourself. And if you don't know, I I would really get a second opinion, probably from a professional expert, not someone who's just going to agree with you. Yeah. Um, that will help you. And and then when you go to your best friend or whatnot, I wouldn't blame it on your be like oh yeah you know what my girlfriend doesn't really like us hanging out just be like you know um I know we had like that trip scheduled together um and like I'm dating this person it's going really well and I think just so I could like really make her feel comfortable and also like be able to have some time with her I'm gonna pause on the trip and like why don't we instead like just do a dinner together like you're you're gonna also like integrate your best friend and your new friend. And look, in mm. this situation, her, this guy's best friend was getting all of the emotional connection without being in a relationship. Of course, she's going right. to like it. I'm not saying, right. obviously. Yeah. And she probably is like, whether, you know, I'm sure she's a good person, but probably deep down, she's probably protective of this relationship that was really nourishing for her. She probably doesn't want to let it go either.
3: Mm-hmm. That's what yeah, I was like going to say, because there's that thing where like, If you're in the relationship, you have this friendship with this person of the opposite sex, what needs can you get met ultimately that you wouldn't then have to turn to your partner? You know, like if you start talking to your friend about the issues you and your partner are having, that's bad for the relationship, right? And so it's like, where do do you draw the line though, especially if it's your like best friend, your confidant that you usually go to something about it being the opposite sex to me, always seems to kind of ping me a little more of like, uh, but they could be going and getting their emotional needs met there.
5: Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 hear you. I think it's a valid fear, right? Like yeah. we want to be able to de-risk as much as possible so that we don't get hurt or we don't get betrayed. But ultimately, when you choose someone, um, the the, you know, the hope is you are going to be in integrity and the part. You've chosen is also going to be an integrity. Yeah, and there's only there. so much we can do control mm-hmm. to control them.
3: Yeah, and if well, the what's shoe interesting drops, too,
5: the shoe drops. Right. Yeah, I mean,
4: what's interesting too is like in in the the paradigm that we're talking about now about opposite sex. Like, if you think about it, gay and relate gay and right. lesbian relationships, like most gays, their best friends are men, right? And most lesbians' best friends are women. So it's like you're kind of dealing with it um all the time
3: <laughs> yeah um
4: and i so i think it is i think amy brings up the best point is like you just have to like have faith in like the integrity of the person mm-hmm. that you're choosing to be with i mean in in the in a in a in the straight scenario like um my concern would be that like if uh, say i'm the man and i'm talking to my female best friend about thing issues in my relationship to get like a woman's perspective like I wonder like the if the, the chance of like because you're being vulnerable and you're talking about things that are not going well in your relationship if it opens up a portal in your friendship that wasn't really there
3: that's when that that's causes what I was like to something yeah. to
4: happen that like wasn't there before right and then you start having real problems because the emotional connection changes yeah. it's not just I love you you're my best friend it's like wait a minute I haven't seen this vulnerable side of you and I'm falling in love with you. And maybe that I think that could be a real concern. But I also think that probably happens in the game, the gay the, on the gay side of things as well. So,
5: yeah, I think ultimately um, our relationship, there are things that are sacred. And if you find you're constantly going to your friend whether they're same sex, opposite sex, whatever, and you're you're kind of spilling the secrets mm-hmm. and the deepest intimacies of your relationship, there's something that's unhealthy there. Yeah. Um, so either, you know, get professional help um, or, you know, like take a step back and look, look at why you're going to your friend and revealing all of this stuff that is actually meant to be you having a conversation with
3: your partner mm-hmm. to deal with it.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: sometimes
3: we don't deal with our own partner because we're just talking to someone else about it. Right. Well, right. And the stakes are higher when you're dealing with your partner. There's emotions. There's the relationship could end. The relationship could be on the line with those conversations, like hard conversations and stakes are just so much higher in a romantic situation than if you're just venting to a friend. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if this person was a client of yours and came to you and said exactly what she said in the email, To you, are there any major red flags that you would just say, well, we should take note of this? Is it just to go back to she obviously didn't feel safe as the bigger picture?
5: I would have first worked with her to do whatever she could to um, communicate and know that she's kind of done her part. And if she communicated and he was like, I don't care. Then, yeah, like that's showing right now, like this person is not a team player with you, mm-hmm. um, and so, yes, get out. um, but if she kind of was like, "Oh, well, I kind of don't want to say anything, and maybe he should just know, um, I would then focus on, well, why do you not communicate your needs or you push them down? What's there? What's the root of that? Mm-hmm. And we would work on that versus before we work on him,
3: yeah. Ooh, I love these points. Well, as I mentioned before, Amy is the founder of the breakup boot camp, which I have attended. It was very helpful in my life, but you've also now started a podcast. So it's yeah. much more accessible to people to learn about the rules of the breakup boot camp, I guess, if you will. Do you want to tell us what we can find on the podcast?
5: Yeah. So it's seven episodes. Each episode is um, on a different stage of the healing process because you need different strategies depending on where you're at. So what you're going to do in the shock stage is very different than when you're in the denial stage. Mm. And it really, whether you're in a breakup or you're not, it just really goes into the science um, and psychology of relationship patterns. Why do we choose the people we do? Why do we act codependent? Why don't we state our boundaries? Why do we go for the unavailable person? Um, we, we, so often we think it's because of our ex it's our ex's fault. They're like this, but like, it's never just about the ex no. it's recycled pain. <laughs> and
2: yeah. if we
5: don't figure out our patterns, they don't magically disappear through time. They follow you from relationship to relationship.
3: Yeah. It's not just about finding the new relationship and then you're fixed. I tried that one guys. Just <laughs> let me just tell you, it's not about that. <laughs> Well, um, you guys go check out that podcast. I'll put the link in the description of this podcast. Amy, where else can people find you? You can follow me on Instagram
5: at Miss Amy Chan. Uh, my website is renewbreakupbootcamp.com.
3: Amazing. And again, I'll put all of that in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for being here. It is always so such a pleasure. Yay.
4: So good to finally meet you. Yeah,
2: nice to meet you too.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Thank you guys for listening.